Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It is Monday, July 25th, and I'm Amanda Harris, joined by Riley Wolfbauer. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ended July 22nd, 2022. In general economic news, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell is expected to slow down interest rate increases following two straight 75 basis point heights. The Federal Open Market Committee is expected to raise rates by half a percentage point in September before shifting to quarter point hikes later this year. The projected increases are set to raise the central bank's policy target to 3.5% by the end of 2022, which is still the highest level since early 2008. In automotive, Tesla reported a drop in leasing revenue in the second quarter on the heels of the manufacturer's decision to end lease buyouts in April. Tesla's leasing revenue locked in at $588 million, a decrease of 12% sequentially, but up 77% year over year. For a motor company, as of June 15th, also no longer allows consumers who leased an electric vehicle to purchase the vehicle when the lease ends. In auto finance, second quarter earnings continued last week, and they pointed to some mixed results. So for example, while Truist and Huntington's auto outstandings climbed 2.6% and 3.4% year-over-year to $27.4 billion and $13.6 billion, respectively, other lenders' auto books declined in the quarter, with some banks actually intentionally pulling back on auto due to market conditions. For example, Capital One's originations clocked in at $10.3 billion, a decrease of 11.8% sequentially and 20.3% year-over-year, Outstandings did inch up 11.5% year-over-year to $79.9 billion. Um, in the first quarter, Capital One focused on its relationship with dealers and leaned on digital tools to actually increase auto originations. But in the second quarter, the bank had to start pulling back on auto lending due to rising interest rates that are driving up funding costs and making for a more competitive pricing dynamic in the market. Um, this is happening across the industry. I'm going to get to more of that in a few minutes. But first, I wanted to mention uh, credit performance. So Capital One's 30-day auto delinquencies did tick up 62 basis points sequentially to 4.47%, and that's up 121 basis points year over year. So we've been kind of waiting for credit performance to um, start to show the results of, you know, no more stimulus no more of the help that we saw the last, you know, last year and the year before. Um, so delinquencies are starting to tick up, but they still remain pretty low um, in the grand scheme of things. So while Capital One is preparing for decline in collateral values as well and underwriting as used vehicle values come down um, and as credit performance normalizes, the bank is not yet overly concerned. Uh, that just kind of tells us that, you know, Finances really aren't super concerned about repossessions, anything like that right now, um, but they are prepared for net charge-offs and delinquencies to start going back up again, um, and for used vehicle values, which have been just crazy elevated um, over the past year, year and a half, uh, to start coming back down. So that's just what Capital One saw. Um, now, we did see some similar trends. Capital One is not alone in some of these um, you know, trends during the quarter. So Riley, I know you reported on Fifth Third and some other banks. So what were some of the takeaways from Fifth Third? 
So the biggest takeaway with Fifth Third was they also announced a pullback on auto loans um, during their earnings call. Um, as you said, Capital One also announced a pullback and so did Citizens Bank. So they're joining both of them in the pullback and we're seeing that as a growing trend so far in the second quarter earnings. Um, Fifth Third tallied $17 billion in outstandings during the second quarter, which is a 2.3% decline sequentially, but it's still a 12% increase year over year. Um, during the earnings call, the uh, executive vice president and CFO, Jamie Leonard, um, cited the pullback due to aggressive pricing by several large auto lenders. And the, um, the spreads were too little for them to continue pursuing um, loan auto loans as aggressively as they have been. Um, at the beginning of the year, Fifth Third Bank forecasted $11 billion in auto and power sports production. But with the, with the pullback and the current market, their forecast is now at $7 billion for 2022. Um, that $7 billion is still a um, double digit increase from last year. But as I said, it's still a large dip from what they originally forecasted at the beginning of the year. Great. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the quarter, um, you know, plays out. We know banks have pulled back just because they can't, you know, they can't, maybe can't compete as much um, with some of the interest rate increases, some of the cost of funds to get capital. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, this, the spread's becoming thinner. Um, you know, definitely a lot of metrics playing out. And it's not surprising that we're seeing that play out across banks. Um, typically, when one has to pull back due to, due to something like that, uh, they're all going to have to do the same thing. So that's not surprising. Um, upcoming this week, we do have four credit earnings, Harley-Davidson Financial Services, um, and multiple retailers. So Group One, Sonic Automotive, and Pisky Automotive are all set to report second quarter earnings this week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we see some of the same kind of trends or if we see vastly different trends given that we're talking about a captive, a power source lender, and then um, F&I revenue. So that'd be a nice mix for us in the upcoming week. Um, but this past week, one other quick update is we did get an update on AutoNation's efforts to establish a captive finance arm. We've been following that for a few months now. Uh, so Riley, do you want to just quickly fill us in on what happened there? Yes. So during AutoNation's earnings call um, this past Thursday, they announced the acquisition of SIG Financial. Um, they had been pursuing a captive since February. And so they have now, um, the deal is expected to close within the next 90 days. And AutoNation is going to retain the 160 employees at SIG Financial, and they have an existing network of about 80 independent dealers. Um, the captive program is expected to roll out over the next 6 to 12 months. Um, the acquisition is in line with other retailers establishing captive lenders. Vroom also acquired subprime lender United Auto Credit in February, and Asbury Automotive and Penske Automotive also announced plans to establish captive financing within the past year. So this is a trend that's been going on with retailers, and we see that AutoNation has officially made the acquisition to join Vroom. Um, AutoNation also plans to expand to more than 130 stores in the U.S., so this acquisition will help them with their in-house financing at those 130 stores. Great. Perfect update. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that about does it for today's episode. As a reminder, don't forget to register for the Auto Finance Summit, which returns to the Win Las Vegas October 26th to 28th. 
We are also welcoming speaker nominations to come speak at our conference. So if you are a lender and you would like to participate, please reach out to us. We would love to have you. And thanks for joining us on the roadmap. And as always, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And we'll see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.